0: I'm starting the intro how do you start something that's like your whole life wrapped up into a a sentence an intro oh I guess I guess I'm gonna start with saying hello hi I am Wesley and I am the host of woke with Wesley this is a brand new podcast and to kick it off I thought a solo podcast by me would be the most fitting you know Kind of set the tone, and I got to introduce myself so you guys know more about me, the actual person behind the voice you're hearing right now, and that you'll continue to hear each and every Wednesdays. We're going to be dropping new episodes every Wednesday, and we thought, at least I thought it was super clever, like Woke with Wesley on Wednesdays. This idea of doing a solo podcast was great in theory until I actually tried recording a solo podcast a few times. And people of the world, you just need to know how ridiculous this feels. Like even more ridiculous than it felt was how it sounded because no matter what I did, like all the tweaks I tried to make and everything, it just ended up sounding like the world's longest voicemail. It was like rambly and all over the place. And I decided just to not do it and just start recording episodes. (laughs) I got more comfortable behind the mic. So I thought I'd give this another go. And... It just made me remember that above all else, I am a writer. I'm not so much of a public speaker, especially when it comes to myself. And I bet this makes you feel like, well, why on earth, woman, would you become a podcaster if you're not so much of a talker? And I can tell you why. And it is because in a large group of people, I would so much more prefer to be the asker of the questions rather than the answer of the questions and this is solely because i have this insatiable natural curiosity about everything but especially around people and their stories i'm passionate about it like i want to know the big stuff the stuff that makes you you i'm just so curious about it and this curiosity gets the best of me each and every time i'm out because i end up gabbing away asking people a million different personal questions. They probably think I'm so rude and prying, but maybe this is why a podcast is perfect for me because I get to ask all the questions I want. So this first one, this first episode though, I feel like, well, I don't even feel like I know that I need to lay a foundation and it's going to be the base that everything here on Woke with Wesley is built on top of. And the foundation is my personal story. It's my story right up until now at this very exact moment. It includes the peaks and the valleys and everything that led me here right now with you on this platform. And I have this theory and my theory is that my story that I'm about to share isn't that far off from your story. And my theory is that I'm a lot like you. And you're most likely just like me too. And it's only through sharing our stories that we can both figure this out. And it takes a lot of vulnerability and courage. And I don't really care what people think of me anymore. So <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. And even though our timelines may not totally line up and probably not most of our big life events either, I have to believe that the emotions of it all that's where the the, we're the same. I mean, I think in your own unique way, you've probably felt like me at some point too. So I think I should start. Let's start with me letting you in on the fact that I used to be a person that life always happened to moves just happened to me like new schools happened to me all the time. I went to 10 different schools in 12 years so it was like a lot losing friends through those moves happened to me boys happened to me then a baby happened to me at 20 years old followed by a marriage right after three months after I was pregnant then blogging happened to me the same with Instagram too and what's crazy is I never set out to do any of these things and I really mean that they just happened to me without any effort on my end at all. It was like one day my life would be one way and then the next it would be entirely different and I felt like I had no say or control in any of it at all. And my normal more like my survival technique was just to go along with it, to not fight back, to like to not resist anything because the times that I did find myself resisting in moves or when I would hang on to old friends, when I, after I had left a different city, I would be, I would experience like exponentially more pain. So I learned from a very early age to just shut up, to try to look pretty, <laughs> to go with whatever the people in my life at the moment were doing. And that's what I did. And I felt comfortable with life just happening to me all the time. It actually, I found it nice to not have an identity of my own. I was just the victim of my outside world. I started to like hopping in and out of people's lives, totally noncommittal. And I would become like whatever they were in that moment. And it was never spoken. Like I never said it out loud. It was more like an energetic, like it was like my body was screaming at them, like tell me who I should be around you. And then I would get a little ping and then I would fall right in line. And then... Bronson came along. Bronson is my husband. <laughs> We've been married 12 years now. And when I met him, things changed. We were only kids when we met. We were 17 years old. And he, well, he was more different than anyone I had ever met before. And I did my normal thing in the beginning with him. Like I hopped right into his life. I was easy. I was low maintenance and chill and fun. And I was so down to have a good time and he was all those things too but the more we became to know each other and I mean like really know each other I started to sense that he was actually a lot like me but like the secret version of me like a person hiding behind the life that he was outwardly portraying and I could feel it but somehow he made it okay and safe to for me like to be more myself and I did the same for him He didn't judge me and he more like encouraged me. He could sense that I was like this volcano, like I was ready to explode from years and years of stuffing my thoughts and emotions and I just would slap a smile on my face and just try to be a quiet, pretty, good girl. But he made it okay for me to like just explode, erupt and erupt. I did. I went wild and he never left my side. So we graduated high school and we had a year of wild. It was the most fun I have ever had in my life until it wasn't. And when it wasn't, we had a year of partying, a year of crazy. I told him I was done and he said, okay, me too. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. And that is from my favorite movie. And ladies and gentlemen, that sealed the damn deal. I don't think there has ever been a young couple more in love than we were we were like we were each other's worlds we didn't exist without the other person and looking back it's painfully obvious how codependent we were on one another it was like we were each other's own personal dose of heroin we were addicted to each other and then i became pregnant and he actually found out i was pregnant before i ever found out i was pregnant which is it's a crazy story I have to save it for another time. But three months after we found out, we were married. He was nineteen, and I was barely twenty years old. And at this time, we start a new life together. And I have to say, it was, although it was extremely difficult, it was also the sweetest time of my life. Like I don't like to glorify it. I think it's the dumbest thing in the history of the world. We can't, we look at each other all the time, and we're like, "What were we thinking? How did we do that?" It was also like the best time ever. I gave birth to Zuri, our first daughter, who we call Zoo or Zuzu Lady. You'll hear a million different names for her. We call her Zoo Monster. (laughs) But I saw him become a dad and melt into a puddle of pure love. Like it was insane. And me becoming a mother, it tamed me instantaneously. Like, I am convinced that there is nothing in this world that can tame a wild woman faster than becoming a mother because the minute she was born, I was instantly different. So she was our whole world. She still is. All three of them are. We have three kids now. It's crazy. But everything we did back then, we did for her specifically. We bought a condo three weeks right before she was born with no money. We literally sold our plasma on a weekly basis to buy her diapers also tangent we bought that first house I think it was five weeks before the 2008 like the mortgage crisis like everyone lost their homes so after living in it only a few weeks I think it was worth like almost a hundred thousand dollars like eighty thousand dollars less than what we paid for it for and Bronson Gosh, I'm just remembering this. Bronson was in sales at the time and everyone in the world stopped buying everything. Like looking back, I cannot believe how we survived because we were newlywed, basically teen parents living through the worst financial crisis of the last like three decades, trying to figure out how to cook and care for ourselves. We didn't even know how to take care of ourselves and a newborn all at the same time. But somehow we did it. We never lost that house either. We struggled and of course we went without and we moved into my parents' basements, both of our parents' basements, more time than I can even remember. But we did it and life continued on. And pretty soon, before I even knew what was happening, I had an entire little army of a family. Faster than I could blink. I had. It was like all I had ever wanted and hoped for as a kid was to be a mom and have a family. And when people asked me what I wanted to be or do when I grew up, I never knew. Like all the little kids are like, I want to be a doctor. I want to do this. I want to be a scientist. And I never had an answer. And I still don't know. So like, can we stop asking kids that question? I still don't know. But the only thing I thought I might want to do, like the only, I didn't have a job, but I knew I would be a mom. So there I was. I was only 25 years old with three kids and a mortgage with a kind and a good man as a husband and a little property investment. Brons had the good corporate job with medical benefits like um, the American dream. We were living it and the weirdest part for some reason the internet seemed to love me for all this stuff like it was weird but it's like I drove around in like a, in the passenger seat of someone else's car for as long as I could remember. And that way of being was all I ever knew. It was like first I was a passenger in my f- parents' family car going wherever they decided to go whenever they decided to do it. And putting up a fight was totally useless. So I sat back and I mostly tried to enjoy the ride. I probably put up a fight here and there. But I just I learned to not resist. And then I moved on to Bronson's car. And suddenly there we were together on the road again, moving a million different times, trying out new job opportunities for him. We were like growing his portfolio, building his experience level. And I was just there, like the supportive wife. But I finally found myself in my own car. It was a minivan as the driver this time. But the back was chuck full of kids. My freaking kids. And I couldn't believe it. It was like I was pinching myself all every year. And although I was the driver, it wasn't like I was the driver. It was like more like the chauffeur. Because the kids were the actual. They were the drivers of my life. And with them, I was different with them. Their existence literally propelled me forward. But something about being their mother it kind of made me shut out the outside world and while I kind of felt like I was pretending with everyone else with them with the kids I was me and somehow somewhere deep inside of me this wise intuitive like a healer mama bear just blossomed and I knew what I was doing as a mom even though I never knew what I was doing or where I was going in my personal life with them with the kids I had this like clear path and being a mother is for sure. It's the only thing I know for sure I was doing great at and I still really try. It's like the thing that I can hang my hat on and it's it's because it's easy and it's effortless with them and it's like when I birthed them, I birthed myself into existence, my true, my honest self. But anyway, life just continued like this. It just was flying at us with all these these weird and good and sometimes bad things just coming at us 24-7. And I just smiled and I said yes to all of it, like every last bit of it. I was so happy and content being the passenger that my motto was like, literally just roll with it. Go with the flow. Let's see what happens. And it was like life's big event seemed, it was like I would have a big life event and then it seemed to just lead us to life's next even larger event and it just happened like that all the time but throughout all of this I had this thought that I had had since I was a kid and it was a thought that stuck and it would pop up like this reoccurring zit like once a month or so and the thought was who would I become like who would I really become and who am I now like is any of this me is this who I am And this thought that would come up for me, it would bother me because there I was grown. I was a mother. I should know this by now. And the wonder that that thought brought me as a kid would make me, I remember feeling like giddy, like excited. But this thought that came, the same thought that came up for me as an adult with everything I thought I had ever wanted, it bothered me. Like, why don't I know this by now? I knew, I knew I was Zuri and Remy and Ozzy's mom. I knew I was Bronson's wife, my parents' daughter, a sister to my siblings. I was a lot of people's friends. But who was I to me? And I realized I didn't know. And not only did I not know, I was beginning to realize that I never knew. Like life was so busily flying at me and I was always moving, literally physically moving around. I never stopped to figure any of this out. I was always in survival mode. And honestly, I never really had the time or the proper space to even do so. And what's weird too is that all along the way, people labeled me all these things that didn't feel like me at all. Like people called me a blogger because I had a blog and they thought I was an Instagrammer because I had one of those too. But I could not wear those titles because they just didn't fit me. And all I did know was that I was a people pleaser to fault and I couldn't help it. It was how I, how like I, I lived in the world. It was my way. It was the only way I knew and it had worked out so well for me. So why, why change it? And my life was like beautiful. It was hard But I think that anyone struggling in their early 20s has a bit of a rough go. Like, even without three kids to feed. Like, it's hard. It's the name of the game in your 20s. But even with the struggles, my life, our whole family's life, it was perfect. I was, I loved it. Our moving around and saying yes to every single opportunity that came our way. And don't, don't mind me right now quoting Biggie Smalls. But like, we were hustling to feed our daughters. (laughs) It had been paying off. Bronson went from salesman to a self-taught, self-made designer to a co-owner of a business called People Water. All you OG people right now are like, yes, I remember the People Water days. But he went from People Water to getting picked up by one of the nation's top design firms. And it was located in San Francisco. And this was just within four years. We were kids. And there I was right by his side, the ever-supporting wife just popping out kids left and right doing random jobs I was like a singing waitress I'm not kidding I taught night school for skincare I was always doing skin stuff like a million different side jobs and I secretly wrote all of the copy for every business he's ever been into (laughs) but while we were in San Francisco we had an opportunity to travel to Thailand and it started a friend of ours we started people water with actually he invited Bronson to film the trip For some company. Some random company. And Bronson said yes. And somehow he swindled the deal to get me invited too. He was like, my wife, we need two shooters. She has to come shoot. Meanwhile, I've never held a camera in my life. But we go. And on that trip, we stopped by Thailand. It's like their top. It's a religious festival. It's a lantern festival. And we experienced what I can only explain as like a God moment. It was... Like everything in our life had brought us to right there. In that moment, we were with the right people at the right time with the right equipment. And we made a little video that night of me running through a thousand lanterns filling up with hot air. And it was the most beautiful lantern release I've ever seen in my life. And after the group of people that we were with, we all crammed into a rental car. There was like eight adults and it was like a four person, tiny, tiny, tiny little rental car. And... We were tripping out a hundred of us, like sitting on each other's laps, like screaming out the windows. We were giddy with excitement. And we, the next morning, I remember we woke up, we got coffee and Dan, one of the owners, he was driving down to meet us to get coffee. And he looked up on a billboard and he saw the word rise. It was the only English word he could see in Chiang Mai. And it caught his attention because it was in English. And then he like wrote it down on a napkin, brought it to us at at, um, breakfast that morning. And we just looked around at each other and we're like, it's called Rise. Like it was crazy. It's so crazy. It was so meant to be. We knew we were going to bring this thing back to the United States. We were going to start the world's largest lantern festival. And we did. It was nuts. I was pregnant with Ozzy throughout the entire process. Bronson was working I don't know, probably 60 hours a week in the city only to come home and work like 40 hours more every single week at night, getting the entire festival laid out and designed. And he did it all himself. I think it was a job for 20 men and he did it alone in eight months from the hours of like 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. every morning. And it was, oh gosh, when was it? I was probably five weeks away from giving birth to Ozzy. And we put tickets up for sale for the Lantern Festival and almost immediately we realized he could quit his corporate job and we could just do this little passion project. Like that's how it started out. It was a little tiny passion project and it felt too good to be true, but it was true. So he quit. We packed up our house, sent it away in like a pod storage containers and that's, it's when, that's where you like pick a random place to store all your belongings and they pack it all up they put it in a pod storage and then they store it for you so we picked some random city in southern california where we knew we kind of wanted to end up and we didn't even have a house picked we didn't know which city we wanted to live in we just threw it in that vicinity all we knew was we wanted sunshine and ocean waves and like a normal more enjoy- enjoyable life where he wasn't working himself to death so we just jumped we said yes and our business partners at the time who were doing the festival with us they lived in Utah and were from Utah so we thought it was like the best timing ever to go there we could wrap up the final festival stuff I was due to have Ozzy our third baby and we could be by family and then Once everything was done, I had the baby, the festival was over, we would move to Southern California somewhere. We would just pick somewhere, unload all of our belongings out of storage, and it was the perfect plan, like the perfect plan. And then it happened. (laughs) And this part is the part where every single piece of my life got thrown from the kitchen table as if it was like some beautiful treasured antique vase and it scattered around the floor totally unrecognizable into a million teeny tiny pieces and it was impossible to put back together again because it was it was in shards it's obliterated there is nothing left and I had just turned 26 years old I had a six-week-old baby a three-year-old daughter and a six-year-old daughter the RISE Festival came and went, and it was a total success. But with no shadow of a doubt, we knew we had to walk away from it. Even though bronze had just spent a year creating it, even though he just left his good job, even though we just moved our entire family and took our kids out of school, we knew. It was undeniable. And then suddenly, faster than I could even process what was happening around me, we found ourselves literally homeless. We were living in between our parents' basements. We were possessionless, incomeless. I had just developed a crippling case of body dysmorphic disorder, which meant I saw a monster, like a melting face, staring back at me when I looked at myself in the mirror. It was awful, so awful. Um, Zuri developed social anxiety, Every day getting hurt to school was like the saddest, mo- most heartbreaking event of my life. Remy, our middle child, developed asthma and allergies to basically all foods, all things, like life-threatening asthma. It was crazy. A brand new baby. And to top it off, Bronson overdosed on the prescription meds that he had been taking to get him through the last year of working over 100 hours a week. Oh, accidentally. But it was like bad. It was so bad. The money, it was like, okay, that was rough. But it was like the finances were awful. The fact that we didn't have a home was awful. But it was the the needle that broke us, the straw that broke the camel's back, was everyone's physical and mental health. Like we had nothing, nothing. Everything was ruined. And it was like I broke into a million tiny pieces because everything I built my life upon was washed away overnight. I lost all trust and faith in Bronson. I lost all trust and faith in myself. Like, what had we just done? What is going on? Like, I moved from his family's house into mine without him. I couldn't even be with him. And suddenly we had no family structure there was no way to provide for the kids no home of our own to go to like I didn't even have a winter coat to send my kids to school in and it was winter time in Utah I was losing my sense of self so scarily fast and I remember one day I picked up the kids from school and I caught a glimpse we were waiting in line and I, I caught a glimpse of myself in the rear view mirror. And it was one of the only times that the body dysmorphic disorder, like it was be, probably because I was only seeing my eyes, not my whole face, but I wasn't like a scary monster in the mirror. Like I could see my eyes. And I remember catching catching me for the first time in months. And I was like, yo, this, there's no coming back from this. Your life is over. This is rock bottom. Like you you need to realize you're at rock bottom and the kids, your poor kids, you've ruined their lives you've done you did this to them this is all your fault and that was my life as I knew it it was over my life as I knew it was over and this ugly spot is where I lived for way too damn long like I was hopeless for longer than I like to admit and I was hopeless until I got this idea and it was like a glimmer of hope in such a dark time And it was like all I could hold on to. And it was the thought that because my sense of self was totally and utterly destroyed and we had nothing else to lose, I thought like maybe, just maybe, I could rebuild. But instead of rebuilding the life we had lost, I could and more like should build myself and my entire family into something new. Something totally different than before. And this thought... Felt so good, like maybe I could be new. Maybe we can rebuild. So I decided to try it, and not just try it. I gave it my all, and I became obsessed. I started consuming every self help book, every self mastery skill, YouTube, um, all the audio books. I shut out the world, and if I wasn't feeding or caring for my kids, I was researching. Praying, journaling, reading, meditating. My life became about getting out of the hole that we had found ourselves in. It was like my life's purpose was to build myself back up from this broken place. And as I would do these things, as I was trying to build myself back up, I would get so stuck. It was like I would get tripped up on my beliefs, on my thought patterns, on the things I was taught or, or the things I saw as a kid or even coping skills I must have just picked up along the way growing up. And time and time again, I would start to grow. I would feel better and I would get out of this place that I was in, like this place of pain and suffering that I felt stuck in, only then to be f- stumble again, like on these old ways of believing that didn't feel good to me anymore. So since I was going to start completely over, I decided I needed a new mind. And a new belief system so that I would stop getting tripped up. And this is where things really started to shift for me. So I took out all the beliefs I had about any and every little thing I had from childhood and up. And I took them out of my head one by one. And I wrote them down on paper. And you guys, this was before Marie Kondo, but I quite literally started Marie Kondoing the shit out of my brain. Like one by one, I would go down this list and I would ask myself, do I really believe this? Or is this a fear-based belief? Like does this belief or thought pattern bring me joy? Does it feel like me? Or is this programming I received from some outside source? And if it was a no, or if I did realize it was old programming, then I tossed it right into the trash can. And I mean, I tossed it for good. I made a conscious choice to erase it from my mind and my body and my soul. So I went down this list and the list was long, so long. This whole process took me months and it was a lot like two steps forward, one step back. But every day I sat there and I questioned my entire mind, body and soul. Like, do I believe this? Do I really think this or have I lived my entire life believing to be conditioned this way? And one by one, as I tossed the untrue beliefs out, the true beliefs, like, I mean, capital T, true, they felt good, they felt real, they felt authentic. Those true beliefs started to shine really, really bright. And these bright, bright, shining truths, they turned into my new navigational system. It's like they were like my map quest and they pointed me to me my true self, the authentic me, the me that was there all along, but buried underneath all the people pleasing and constant flight or fight or survival mode strategies I'd always operated out of. And then magic started. I became me. I became the driver of my life. Like there is no more passenger seat version of me. And I realized I was there all along. All I had to do was uncover me, her. And through this process, I woke up. I was me. So me. And I felt better than I'd ever, ever had before. And it was so much effort. It took so much work. I was scared a lot. And I realized all this becoming who you're meant to be is entirely bullshit. It's like I had assumed and thought that becoming who you're meant to be is like picking things up and adding them to yourself like titles and talents and interests like I would know who I would be by adding these things these roles like becoming a mom or a college graduate or an actress or a career woman or owning your own business like putting these roles on like a coat or like an accessory would be the way to fully become myself but I was so wrong because it was in the taking off of the roles and the titles and the untrue beliefs That I discovered who I was all along. And that is the gold. In the unbecoming of all the things you think you should be, you find you. And that's when I became woke. In the unbecoming. And when you wake up, there is no going back to sleep. Because you simply cannot unknow the things that you've come to know along the process. Becoming awakened to myself has taken me on the craziest journey that I could have I could have never imagined any of this for myself I feel like I have the most beautiful life now and although I'm sure to most of you it looks the exact same as how it used to look before the breakdown but it feels entirely different now it feels so good all of it does all of my relationships are so much more rich and deep and meaningful and fulfilling And I have tried and done things that I never could have imagined doing before. It's just the craziest and the weirdest stuff has happened along the way. And I can't wait to share it all with you. And there are parts of my story that I'm still trying to figure out. Like, oh, it's crazy. For instance, two years ago, actually, okay, November 27th, 2017, that's two years. I was meditating in my bathtub. Nothing out of the normal for me. I've been meditating every morning for the last eight years. But for whatever reason, during this morning meditation, the lid simply came off. And I stole this term from Kristen Morris, who had a similar experience to me one day while she was washing the dishes. And you'll be hearing from her shortly. She's on an upcoming episode. But she describes her experience as the lid coming off. And when she said it, I understood immediately because the lid of my consciousness came off too. And it happened this morning. So this morning I found myself in this, during meditation, in this in-between world of heaven and earth where the unconditional love of the universe literally cracked me open and funneled in information and energy. And it was like my entire body was filled up with this untamed, wild, feminine abundance of love and energy, and knowledge. And I still have no idea what any of it means or why it even happened to me. And I teeter between wanting to figure it out and just letting it be almost daily because it's created more questions for me than anything else. But that's the only way I can describe it. It was unbelievable and mystical and has sent me on this wild goose chase to find answers for years now. But it was real. It happened to me. I don't know what any of it means. So this part of my story, I, it's it's kind of brought me here to right now in this moment. Right now is maybe the first publicly intentional thing I've ever done in my life before. Like this isn't just happening to me and I'm not just going with the flow this time around like I've done before in my past because I actually felt called to this. I feel called to you. This is intentional and it feels so good to be in the driver's seat of my intentions. So my goal in starting this podcast is to create a safe place for people to just be. Maybe not at their destinations, sometimes, probably most of the time in the messy, in the unfigured out parts of it all, kind of like in the middle and that's okay. In fact, I feel like it's good and it's beautiful and I love hearing your stories of being thick in the middle of it because I'm realizing that more and more that sharing people's story is so healing and more profoundly, I feel like that includes, I actually have discovered that this includes the sharer of the story. It's healing for them too. To share your stories, it heals you and it heals the people you share it with so so this is Woke with Wesley. We're going to talk about people and their stories. We're going to talk about your own personal awakenings, however they came to be. We're going to talk about motherhood and the things that we found that work for us and don't work for us. And we're going to talk about good stuff and bad stuff and hopefully the fun stuff. But it's going to be the real stuff. And I want to invite all types of people in in all the different parts of your story. And... I don't know enough of the picture perfect square versions of you and me because I feel like if I see one more beautiful face with a beautiful family and matching color coordinated clothes acting all super cuddly and casual and laughy on Instagram on a beach then I just think I'm I'm I am gonna barf I just can't do it anymore and I'll be the first one to admit I have that exact photo. Like lots of them. They're plastered all over my Instagram. But I am hungry for more. I'm hungry for you. And I think you're hungry too. So I want to laugh. And I want to laugh. And I want to maybe laugh some more with you. And And I want to get to know people. Like really know them. And knowing me, I'll probably cry sometimes here too. But the goal is to feel inspired by you. Learn from you. And share with you i want to bring you value in some little way each and every week on wednesdays so it's a place where we can share what worries us and what doesn't like where we can talk about what sets our souls on fire and then the mundane activities that drain our life's energy i.e for me making dinner not fun never has been fun but i'm still a good mom (laughs) i hate making dinner since when did homemaker become mother anyways anyways okay so here on woke You can scream your successes from the rooftops with us or you can cry your losses and we'll probably cry right along. Why? Because we're rooting for you. I want this to be like a community. I want to be your cheerleader. Like if you want it, then I want it for you and I want you to live and not just exist because I did that for so many years and the best part so far about my awakening Is that it it has set me free. It has made me alive. I'm not just living. I'm alive. And I mean, mean, I'm so free that I can literally physically feel that it makes other people who maybe aren't set so free uncomfortable. Like my presence alone makes them uncomfortable. (laughs) And I have to say, I couldn't care less. Because life on this side of the fence is... So much more fun and enjoyable and creative. And I think you can start to live more freely by simply hearing stories of other people being set free. So wherever you are, however you are right now, I think you're good. You might not be where you want to be yet, but I like the messiness of it all and I actually want to hear it. And I want to know you. And by this it means that I actually want to invite you in. Like you, you, yeah, you. The maybe feeling just average jo- average Joes. I want to invite you on the show. And while of course I would love big wig, highly successful Instagram superstars and authors. Like, come on, I, you're invited. I also want to invite you guys on too. Like the regular old, just the you's and me's, the listeners. Like if you feel like you maybe have a story worth sharing, then your story matters just as much as anyone else's and I really want you on. So contact me, write me a little email and get you on, And along the way, I'll let you in on me too. I think it's going to be so much fun and I am so excited to jump into the real episodes starting next week where we're going to talk everything. I mean there is not nothing off limits, but we're going to talk a lot about health and wellness here because I'm super into it. And this is all encompassing health and wellness. Like we're going mind, body and soul health and wellness. We're going to talk a lot about personal routines and about different hacks and tricks that we have that make our day better. We're going to talk a lot about spirituality. We're going to talk about parenting and kids. The kids actually want to come on, which scares the living shit out of me, to be honest, but they are showing so much interest in this podcast thing. It's nuts. We're going to talk about skin and beauty because I'm into it. Like lashes. Give me all the lashes. We're going to talk about finding balance and losing balance and becoming obsessive about things. We're going to talk about the things that make you feel brave. We're going to talk a lot about business and business strategy. We're going to talk about finances because I mean everything here lights me up. I'm into it all and I mean I'm I'm down to try anything once. So I'm learning right along with you guys here on Woke. So oh also I'm excited to introduce you to my brother Rory. He is he's my sound engineer. He's a musician, but he's the sound engineer here on Woke with Wes. And he, I have a feeling he's going to be coming on as my co-host every so often. I've done a few episodes with him and he's like, how do I describe him? He's a lot like me, only exactly opposite. He's much funnier, much wittier. Um, Everything I do, he thinks is a crock of shit. So he is like such a balancing aspect here because I'm all into everything crazy, spiritual, woo woo. And he is like logic driven so it's a balanced (laughs) it's balanced here you can count on I'm that's a lie you cannot count on Bronson being here a lot like I have to drag him on speaking into a microphone and being recorded he would rather get knee surgery like there is nothing he hates more even though he is literally 50% of the deal here he is like the guy doing all the behind the scenes He will not be recorded, but I do. He's on at least one episode. (laughs) We'll see if I can get him on a a little bit more. So it's a family affair. Um, I'm just excited and grateful and hopeful for where this thing goes. And I'm I'm grateful to you, the listeners, who are willing to maybe give this a shot. And give me your time because time is invaluable. And if you want to spend an hour with me once a week, then... It means a lot to me, and yeah, I'm excited. So I hope you're excited, too, to to, to to go on this journey. Whatever this becomes, I don't know. But I know that we are all on the ride of becoming Woke with Wesley together. And I love you. See you next week on Wednesday.